Do you know what? I think we've had three or four new listeners join us for the ride. Really? Yeah, yeah. So, so when do you think about it? We we must have smashed a twenty barrier. We must have more than twenty listeners by now. Well, th- that's assuming that none of the seventeen have stopped listening. <laughs> oh yeah, which they almost certainly have. Yeah. So it's pretty much as you were, really. Oh well. Join us for the ride. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to episode... Hang on a minute. 185, that's it. 185. Beautiful. Yeah, you know. Well, I'd scrolled down, you see, so I couldn't see... Uh, 185 of the Mid-Faith Crisis podcast. My name is Nick Page. There is Joe Davis. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? Well, do you know what? I am solar-powered and there's bright sunshine outside, my so I'm I'm feeling good. You say you're solar-powered. Are you literally? I think, you know, I, I, think I am. I do genuinely really? feel a bit more energy, full of energy when the sun is shining. How do you explain mm. that? And the sun has been shining. There's been glorious sunrises and sunsets, and I've seen most of them. This week, just because of, you know, the way work has fallen. Um, so I am sneaky. I do try not to arrange meetings around around sunset time. I was going to say, well, it's yeah. not hard not to arrange meetings around dawn, is it? I mean, you know... That, well, the sun, the sun comes up at eight o'clock. You might have, might have a breakfast meeting, mightn't you? But, yeah. No, it's all good. I don't have breakfast meeting. Breakfast meeting. This, that's the thing I really hate about, like, Christian conferences. You know, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. and retreats and all that kind of stuff when you're with people. So you've got to share breakfast with them. It's not right. <laughs> you are not a morning person. No. Hey, listen, let me make this educational. I mm. learnt a fabulous fact of Michaela Strachan this week. Oh, right. Is this Winter Watch? Yeah. You've been watching win- yeah, was, Winter yeah. Watch. It wasn't right, a okay. personal message, I'm sad to say. Yeah, that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I did see her once playing tennis and tooting back Lido, but that's another story. And the Lido, that's a that's a swimming pool. Well, it was pl- by tooting back oh, okay, Lido. Right. There's a little area where you play tennis. Yeah, and everything I thought there. she was being sort of aquatic tennis she'd invented. Or no, something. no, no. Okay. No, no. Anyway, here it is. Mm. What do you call a group of oyster catchers? What is the collective noun name for a group of oyster catchers? I don't know. They're kind of like... Clowns, aren't they? They look slightly yeah. clown-like with their orange. So I'm going to go with um, a circus troupe. No, nope. of oyster catchers. No, nope. okay. you you need to go. You need to think more um, courier delivery because it's a parcel of oyster catchers. Don't ask me why, but it is. Oh. I checked it. I verified it on the line as well, just to make sure she wasn't misleading us all. You know, most of those collective nouns are just sort of made up by some. Are they? They think that, you know, like all the ones like a parliament of owls and, and a murder yeah. of crows. You get everything's made up. Yes, yes, I know. But My I name's Joe Davis. Of... That was made up. Still Joe Davis. Yeah, but I think they've sort of traced it back to one medieval manuscript. Oh, have they? So it could have been sort of little monk just thinking up names. Yeah, you know, like... in a bored moment. Yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking... What can I? What can I do? What can I? What can I invent that's really stupid and people will think it's an ancient tradition? <laughs> well, they have a lot of time on their hands, these monks. To be fair. some of the some of the manuscripts are are fantastic because they did get very cold and very bored, and uh, they would put little marginalia in, 
And uh, so there's like this medieval manuscripts where the monk has put in, uh, you know, O for a pint of ale. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's the cry of writers ever since. I like it. Anyway, Mm. (laughs) so there you are. Anyway, how are you, dear boy? (laughs) Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, I went to, um, I had a great weekend, actually, really good weekend, because Sunday we went out for a meal, Claire and I, to celebrate our our wedding anniversary. That was nice. Mm. Um, But also on Saturday night, I went to a baptism. On a Saturday night? Yes. That wasn't at a Baptist church. That is not a Baptist time, surely, it, for a Baptist. It was in a Baptist church, but it was not of the Baptist church. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was... The thing is, when... Uh, in our Anglican church, when we do full immersion baptisms, we usually do them in the in the river oh. uh, of Cassington Mill, the mill pond. OK. And uh, obviously, th- this time of year... It's a little bit nippy. Not really a good idea. So uh, they borrowed the Baptist church... Uh, baptistry and and the, and the surrounding things uh, building and um, yeah so they the, couldn't do it on a Sunday morning because the Baptists were there so they did it on a Saturday yeah. night but it was absolutely brilliant it was just was wonderful it? yeah it was great and and then on the Sunday morning the next morning the two people who got baptised Martha and Rafe gave their you know what we call their testimonies but yeah. they were really good they were yeah. really thought through about their journey what had brought them yeah. there and and you know, and the sermon was great, on the, and, and the service mm. was great, and there was so much joy, and it really was brilliant because it reminded me of what I what I really love about Christianity. You know, okay, new yeah. life, new That's start, yeah. forgiveness, resurrection. Yes. And I think it's really important yeah. for us always to think back and think, why did we fall in love with this thing in the first place? What yeah. was it? That actually drew us. And I well remember that baptism services were without doubt my favourite services for exactly that reason. Real people telling real stories about their lives and, you know, how they've encountered the divine. And that's just, you know, blown their socks off. So that was good. Yeah. We we talk a lot on the podcast about church and problems with church and no doubt we will do so again. Mm. But for me, it was really good to get back to. You know, this is this is actually the best of it. This is yeah, what it's really. This yeah. is a, this is it at its best. This this thing here. So I loved it. It was great. Really mm, good. Good. That sounds very positive. Excellent. Mm. Great. Mm. And you? Uh, well, a, a lot of time on the beach, uh, mm. more than normal, because the weather's been great. So mm-hmm. that's been beautiful and really helpful. And I say a bit more about one particular experience uh, on the beach that was very good later. Um, yeah, and then, you know, watching with interest and trying not to get too emotionally involved with the political scene and wondering if this really is the end of COVID we're about to witness. So, you know, I've certainly yeah. still got some friends down with COVID, so it's still very much around, but looks like the regulations are all being eased. So I I see Yeah, are they being thing. eased are they being eased because of COVID or are they being eased because of a desperation for good news? That's my worry about <laughs> well, this. Yeah. That's a very pertinent question, I think. Yes. Anyway, we've probably done enough politics in the last couple yeah, of episodes. Don't do politics, yeah. please. Let's not do it again. Shall we move on? Yes, go on then. Okay. Well, uh first of all, uh in terms of feedback, thanks to Nancy in Texas. She sent me a brilliant, brilliant poem. Now it's got one or two bits of language that mean I won't read it out on the podcast, but it's called Hope is not a bird, Emily. It's a sewer rat. And I'm saying it in a, I don't know what sort of accent that was. <laughs> that was anyway, uh, I know you could have been anywhere in the States with that one, I think. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but Nancy is from oh, Texas. Okay. 
And I actually love this poem. It's by uh, Caitlin Cedar, would I say? S-E-I-D-A. It's a fabulous poem. I think you're going to put a link to it. Yeah, I'll, I'll put a link in. It obviously sort of refers to the Emily Dickinson poem, Hope is the Thing with Feathers, but I, I like this yeah. a lot. Actually, this one. I think yeah. it's great. I really, I really like it. It's very clever. It's got some fruity language, so if you're going to be put off by that sort of thing. We don't have fruity language in the podcast, as you know. No, and actually that is very much a New Year's resolution this year for me, not to call Nick (laughs) (laughs) at any stage, (laughs) even though he is. Yeah, well, obviously, (laughs) thank you for that. And uh, yeah, so I'm going to bongo that out. Brilliant. Okay, great. It still makes me smile. I don't know. Why is it insulting each other is a sign of such affection? I don't understand. It's a very British thing, I think. It could be misunderstood. It could and frequently is, actually, when I encounter people from other cultures. (laughs) Anyway, moving Uh, on. Yeah, Julian sent in a lovely email about his theme of exploring what connection means uh thanks for that julian okay but i want to get to mick's email because i think i think this was really interesting so mick said uh hello again joe he says thanks for your email hoping zoz goes good he says i've been thinking more about resolutions and using them as a tool to help us become more christ-like one of the things that brought me to mid-faith crisis was the great discrepancy between training in and out of the church He says, in the workplace, training and development was taken seriously and was a professional discipline. In the church, it was not. It seemed we were expected to become Christ-like by a process of osmosis. By sitting in a church service and listening to a good preacher, somehow the magic would happen. If I ever complained about this, I was told I must not be worldly and that I should not forget the work of the Holy Spirit. And that, of course, is a fair point. I went on many Christian training courses and with some exceptions, they were dire. Why does the devil have all the best trainers, he says. And then he talked about setting smart targets. And for those that don't mm. know, smart is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant and time framed. Um, and then and then he, he went on and talked a bit more specifically about our themes. But I, um, I, I thought that was an interesting point there in terms of our themes. You know, we both have. We both have what would be called vague, I think, themes. Hmm. Um, so let's just remind people what they were. Mine was to be good news and to explore what what that means and what it looks like in a practical way. Hmm. And yours? Sort it out. Sort it out. <laughs> sort it out, Nick. Hmm. Um, and I think that was good, but I wondered whether, you know, can themes, is that, uh, what's the word? An oxymoron. Can themes be specific and targeted, or should they be specific and targeted? Well, I think I think uh, Mick had some questions about whether or well, not my theme particularly, but our themes yeah. were specific enough. I mm. I think the point is they're not goals. That's that's the issue. That's yeah. that's the very very approach of this. Now I'm very used to smart goals and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I, I You've done that you know, in organisations. Work yeah. in organisations where we got all kinds of goals and measures and you know key performance indicators and all this i'm very very used to it yeah uh, so i of course i set goals within that and of course yeah. i have goals that i want to achieve that i have to achieve this year if i'm going to get mm. paid for example and all that kind of stuff um but the whole point of themes is that they're not goals they yeah. are they are sort of ambitions or aims or 
directions so that each day you can say, well, have I sorted something out? Or have I got something more sorted? Or have, you mm-hmm. know, or um, how have I been good news? They're just pointers, I think. And they they stop that thing that happens at New Year, which is of setting, you know, smart. We all set these smart things at New Year. Yeah. And by about Break February, them. they're not smart at all. You know, they they they've gone sometimes. So, you know, good luck to anyone who can do that. That's good. Some people are very disciplined that way, and we'll keep it going. And, and it's very important mm. for them. But so I wouldn't. All I'd say is there are. Of course, there are goals. Of course, we set goals personally within the year and all that kind of stuff. But I yeah. think for me, it's more about a trajectory. This kind of thing. Do you, do you think that goal setting is a personality thing? I mean, I quite like a goal. But Rachel's never set a goal in her life. And and she doesn't seem unhappy about it. I mean, I've tried telling her, you must be unhappy because you don't set goals, but she doesn't seem to be, and it's distressing me. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's distressing me how happy she is, Nick. <laughs> maybe she did have a goal, but it was so crushingly destroyed many years ago <laughs> that she's never... She, she had a theme of one. marrying someone lovely. <laughs> So quickly, <laughs> the only goal she ever set turned out to be an own goal. I think that's what yeah. happened there. Um, I think, truthfully, we all probably set goals. We just state them. Some people set them more clearly than others. Claire loves a good goal. She loves setting goals, and you know, yeah. I mean, her favourite question at the beginning of Saturday morning. I get this every yeah. Saturday: is what is today for? Uh, and I go, does it have to be for anything? Yes, it does. <laughs> um, so I think some personalities are, are led by that. Yeah. Um I I like to set goals, but I don't I I don't like too many. I think that's the other problem oh. is you can set too many in your life. You know, everything can become yes, a goal. Exactly. I think this is the problem with a lot of time management stuff is that you set so much yeah. everything you pour everything into it, so many so many items, so much there, but it actually becomes overwhelming. Yeah. You know. I, I, I still, I don't think I'm fully convinced by my goal because I've been going on the beach and I've been going, mm. right, how can I be good news today? Mm. And I don't know whether it is too vague or not, really. Um, well, I think mine, yeah. I've been reflecting on mine, my theme, and uh, I think it probably might only be a few months theme. I'm not sure. Mm. It may might be a year's year. theme. Yeah. It, 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 in terms of the things I know I need to sort of fix... I think it might only be maybe a half year and maybe we'll revisit. Are you trying to tell me that you could sort it out in three months? I, I reckon I can sort of my whole life out in about a day. Really. <laughs> I've already put my mind to it. No, I think it I think it will guide me, but I don't think I think there'll be other things that might come in. So maybe we in June or something we should have another we should have a half yearly look back and think what's happening on it. Well I'll I've done something quite intentional. I've set a date when I'm going to break a New Year's resolution. So I okay. actually know the, the day and time I'm going to fail at it, which I think oh. I think that's quite new. How, how lovely. <laughs> um, so, do you want to explain this? Well, I'm doing dry January. Oh, yeah. And uh, sometime before Christmas, we said we'd do a Burns Night thing with some friends. Uh, a Scottish friend. You know who you are listening. And um, and we're not going to do it on Burns night because that's Tuesday and that's midweek. We're doing it on Saturday. Mm. So, you know, we got the haggis and we got the Scottish music. We'll read a bit of Rabbi Burns and all the rest mm. of it. We're not going to do it without whiskey. 
because you just don't right. do Burns Night without a bit of whiskey. So mm. Mm, I can tell you the time and place. It's such a Saturday night. So that's, that's absolutely... Uh... That's terrific because that's that's what about twenty days in? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm sort of telling myself what I'll do is I'll I'll go into dry February for a bit. That's, that's uh, okay. Make up because of course I missed the first of January. You may remember as well. I do remember it. Yeah. <laughs> or perhaps you don't remember. Anyway. No, no, no. I do. <laughs> I remember that bit. <laughs> okay. So, but I think I think to come back to uh, Mick's email. What mm. I did like about it, I, mm. I, I liked the email, but what I particularly mm. liked was the bit about the beginning about training, yes. training within the church. And I thought that was, uh, that's so true, absolutely true, that, that there isn't a, there's so often not a conscious kind of emphasis on systematic training within the church. This is entirely what Renovare is about. Yes, you know, exactly. there's that, um, yeah. that uh, is it Dallas Willard's, the, the golden triangle thing yeah. of, of, um, uh, you know, where you got. You can't three say things. that without explaining it clearly, Nick. So explain oh, okay. the golden triangle. Well, you got you got three things. At the top, you got the action of these are three things that that help you move towards the mind of Christ or to have okay. the mind of Christ. Action of the Holy Spirit at the top, yeah. one point of the triangle. The events of your life, which provide you with sort of temptations and all those kinds of things, teaching things that one provide you point. with all you need to get going. Yeah. yeah. And then the third point that you always talked about was planned sort of disciplines yeah. uh, of putting on a new heart, you know, planned disciplines yeah. to actually do stuff. And, yeah. and that, that's a very sort of training oriented thing. So in other words, it's yeah. not just about the Holy Spirit alone. Yeah. That's only one point in the triangle. It's yeah. about how you react to the events of life all around you and also how you are disciplining yourself, training yourself to, to, to yeah. deal with it. Yeah. So I, you know, I I do think that church teaching is so behind the times, really. Mm. Um, yeah. And for those who are new and listening to us, you know, we have banged this drum that discipleship is about training mm. uh, constantly. And, you know, grace is opposed to earning, not to effort. Uh, you'll never do a single thing in your life that will make the divine love you anymore than uh, the divine already does. But But you might want to engage in some stuff to actually improve your life and mm. um and we you know there's spirit available to help with that that's what we believe anyway i'll put a link to that in as well in the show notes so if, thank you mick for your email uh we do set goals but themes are not goals yeah no, that's what yeah, I yeah no no that's, that's good stuff okay and listen this may be a short episode because can i move on Yes. Now you put something in about you've had an epiphany. An, an epi- have you had an epiphany, Jamie? I've had have a little you? bit of an epiphany. Shall I get a mop? <laughs> yes, would you? <laughs> Evidently, it's very normal for men my age at this point. <laughs> now look, shush. <laughs> so I'm on the beach, specifically on the pier, watching the tide come in. You know, gazing at the sunrise and the mm. birds and all that, as is my my custom. And I have a little moment. I don't want to exaggerate, you know, how big a spiritual moment or even to categorise it as spiritual or not. But I do reflect back to uh, John Philip Newell. And he talked about um, that which is deepest within us. And I think that what these times of quiet do for me is they give me an opportunity to hear what's going on really deep within me. So, you know... This is what happens. I'm there. A thought enters my mind. Mm. And this is this is my small scale epiphany. And the thought was simply this. 
it came to me that I have to develop a radical acceptance to life. Because I think, I mean, those of you who know the Enneagram thing, I'm a type seven on the Enneagram and I would say a very classic type seven. And what that really means is I sort of spend my life working from one high to the next high, from one good thing to the next good thing, from one joyful thing to the next mm. joyful thing. And anything that isn't joyful, anything that's hard work, anything that's worse than that, anything that's a bit negative and tough and difficult and, you know, moods that are low or times when they are to be avoided at all costs. Really, that, that's just the unnecessary stuff that gets in the way of the highs of life. And I just want to go for the highs of life. I don't want I don't want all the other stuff. And, and when you live that way, of course, you're only living a fairly small percentage of your life. <laughs> you know, you're living the bit when you feel up. You're living the bit when it's sunny, not when it's rainy. You're living the bit when it's joyful, not when it's sad. Mm. I'm sort of oversimplifying it a bit. But the, what came to me is... You know, can you really accept your life exactly as it is today? And on that particular day, my ankles are really hurting more than normal, um, which is an ongoing issue. Um, I was I was doing a, a couple of funerals that I was a little, wee bit anxious about. There was issues to do with friends and family and poor health. And um, that seems to be, again, quite a dominant theme among many people we love at the moment. And so... You know, my instinct sometimes is to think on at moments like this, where can I go on holiday? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, 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 can how can I, I escape? How can I escape yeah. this rather nasty lot of feelings that seem to be bubbling up yeah. from within me? And the and the voice that seemed deepest within me was saying, Life is not just the joy, it's not yeah, just the laughter, yeah. it's not just the great meals, it's not mm. just all that stuff that I really love. It is this little stuff as well. And and just because it's a low mood or a moment of insecurity or an engagement with some really difficult uh, stuff, that doesn't mean it's bad. I, I don't have to judge that as bad. That's still part of life. My goodness, I realise how short this life is and mm. if i'm only living for a relatively small fraction it's a bit like the person that only lives for their holidays they do a job that they absolutely hate so that they can enjoy two weeks a year mm. you know see so, you know it's it doesn't make sense does it to live you've got to find ways to accept and in, and 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 be at peace with mm. your life day to day to day and so yeah there was something there and i i, I felt it was relevant to the work we've been doing thinking about themes as well because I want to hold it in tension really with knowing what I can change and what's right to pursue to change and what's right to accept in the sort of present moment I mm. mean Jesus said I think I've misunderstood Jesus when you know that John ten ten. you know I've come to give him life and life in all its fullness I assumed life in all its fullness meant parties yeah good yeah. food lots of laughter fun times good times you know no real problems to ever deal with i mean again i'm oversimplifying this but you, you get my point when you think of abundant life you think of that you don't think of going to the cross disciplining peter being betrayed by one of your close friends you don't you don't think of that as life in all its fullness yet clearly looking at the life of jesus his abundant life did encompass all of that yes yes 
So somehow I missed that training session growing up. <laughs> somehow I got the I I came to think that the best life is the life without any hardship whatsoever. <laughs> yes. And that's life in all its fullness. Well, I think that's perfectly normal, really. There's a few things. I mean, it sounds like you had a real um, sort of mini Damascus Road. Well, a Worthing Pier. It's moment. a Worthing Pier moment. That's it's it going to go down in history. I think. <laughs> I think um, it reminded me as you were talking about how uh, playing sport, playing tennis or golf, mm. for example, you you play really well one week and you think that's my level, mm. and then you get really frustrated because you don't play as well the next week. Mm. You think, oh, what, I'm lower than I should be. Well, you actually your level isn't that, but you just had a really good week. <laughs> you know, your level yeah. is always lower than that. The yeah. level of life is always sort of, a, yeah. you know, a steady bit. It's not the peaks and the troughs. No, it's exactly the bit right. in between. Yeah. But but of course we we want it to be uh, the, the peaks. We want and 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 one day I think it will be that joyfulness. But yeah, I think mm. you're exactly right. I think I think that uh, you have to learn to accept the other thing. I on um, last weekend I sat with a friend of mine who's very very seriously ill. And he'd been reading uh, Brother Roger of Teze. Um, Brother Roger wrote that the the real point of life is to learn how to love and to learn how to suffer. Mm. He felt those two things. And my friend said to me, he said, I I think I'd learned quite a lot about how to love, but I'm now learning how to suffer. Mm. And it's very painful. Yeah, Very painful to sit with that. And we don't want to learn that. Nobody wants to to learn that. No. But actually, I think it, there's a very deep and profound tr- tr- truth in that, that life is not just one thing. Life is not just one register the whole time. I know. And the best people I've ever met and the deepest people, are, you know, generally, without exception, are people who who have learned to suffer, I think. Yeah. So that's interesting, There is something profound about yeah. them, isn't there? You know it yeah. when you meet them. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a depth there, but, and and it, it must be to do with what you were talking about this radical acceptance of mm. what life has to bring to you. Um, mm. In a way, it's a bit back to that triangle thing that I explained very badly. You mm. know, the, the part yeah, of the uh, part of what really teaches us in life is is the experiences we go through. Um, is it? I think Fluffy didn't Fluffy say God comes to us disguised as our life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, That's exactly what he said. Yeah. So you know, I think this is. Yeah, it's really important, and yeah. that echoed that echoed something Dallas Rillard always said, which is, is your life exactly as it is right now in this moment, exactly as it is, is the training ground that that yes. God wants to meet you in, yes, and work with you, you know. And I always thought, no, God's not interested in this. He's interested in the, you know, how I am on a Sunday and going to the prayer meeting and all these important things. That's where my discipleship happens, mm. not here. Not while I'm dealing with this blooming phone call that's lasting three hours and I'm yes, dealing yes. with emails, I'm dealing with unreasonable people. Not there. Surely that's not it. But Dallas would always say, no, it's precisely it. Yes. Um, this is where the rubber really hits the road with the following of Jesus. And you could train with Jesus to do all that stuff. And I always found that very, very inspiring. Well, I was speaking uh, the other day about um, somewhere about ministry, you know, about the idea of ministry. There was a series that called, you know, Ministering to the Lord. And I suddenly realised I didn't actually really realise what ministering meant. I don't know what that means. You know, it's like one of those Christian words like (laughs) fellowship and 
cliff. You know, those words that are particularly Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Two words. But, you know, uniquely Christian. And I, you know, yeah. I don't know. Um, and, uh, and of course, the roots of all the words, the, 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 both the English word and the Hebrew mm. word for it and the Greek, two Greek words, just means to serve. Yeah. And it's, it's words that were used of ordinary people doing ordinary jobs. But, you know, we kind of parcel it off and make it into kind of the ministry bit. And that's what we want to be doing the whole time. So our ministry becomes, you know, the, the, the posh Christian bit. Whereas, of course, our ministry is, is everything around us. It's, it's what we do. It, it, anything you do, anything you encounter done for the love of God and out of the love of God is, is ministering. But it's, so, you know, it and, it but it's so easy to get into that dualistic thing. I mean, I always joke about the time, you know, I was being ordained as a Baptist minister and you go through this ministerial recognition process. And, and I, <laughs> I know you have views on that. Don't, don't go there again. <laughs> anyway, look, he's a minister. I recognise it. Anyway, yeah, stop. Yeah. So, you need a spotter's chart. <laughs> no, so, uh, and, you know, I remember they wanted to know about my call, my call yeah. to ministry and all that. Not in the slightest bit interested about how I'm treating my wife and kids, you know, yeah, my, yeah. or my annoying neighbour. Yeah, that's not even a part of the curriculum. Yeah. It's just about this kind of mystical call and how you know. And I'm, just, you know, yeah, we've disavowed of ourselves of that kind of stuff now. So anyway, let's go back to the 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 Worthing Pier experience mm. Uh, mm. Uh, that you had. How do you think that's gonna shape your life going forward do you think well, i know it's, it, if you don't want to make it more life-changing than it actually is but, uh, but how do you think it's affected you in the the time since well i hope it might stop me spiraling down a little bit and by that i mean like sometimes being anxious makes me anxious <laughs> yes oh yeah absolutely <laughs> being low makes me low <laughs> yeah and it's like i think it's okay just to name it yeah, and absolutely. own it and say this is part of life yeah i'm i'm anxious today because there's you know some big things going on in my life and that it's not an inappropriate or wrong thing to be anxious i haven't you know fallen out of favor with the divine or some or done something wrong just because i'm anxious mm. today mm. it you know sometimes a bit of anxiety is a part of life and life is great and life's a gift and life isn't actually that long so don't wish it all, don't wish any of it away. Not mm. even the rubbishy bits. You know, not even my blooming, you know, in, inflamed ankles that stop me running and stop me doing the exercise that I want to do. Well, what else can I do? And how? what are the creative ways to find new ways to exercise that don't? And maybe it's an invitation, as I discovered this week, to do a bit of yoga, which, you know, I don't always do a lot of, but, you know, it's actually really good. Mm. And so I think it's it's really easy to dismiss bits of my life. And I hope what will happen is I will stop dismissing bits of it and um, go, do you know what? This is all part of life and life is good and life is short. It's great. Mm. Yeah. That's what I hope. Well, there you are. Worthing Pier <laughs> is holy ground. Who knew? Well, you knew. You've been saying for years. It but... is holy ground. And I'm going to meet with a beloved listener tomorrow on Worthing Pier. So, if, you know, if you're around, any of the 17 of you out there, and mm. uh, you want to come come to Worthing, 
We'll go for a stroll on the pier. It could happen to you. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it would be quite good. I mean, what this all reminded me of, of course, was the Prayer of Serenity. So maybe we could just finish with that. Yeah. Why don't we do that? And uh, before we go, we ought to say thank you. Um, yes. Thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to all those who email and contribute. Yeah. If you would like to email the podcast, send your emails to... Joe at midfaithcrisis.org. Love to hear from you. A very big thank you to everyone who supports the podcast. Oh, yeah. That makes a big difference to us. Thank and so uh, we hope to be back with you soon with yes. another, another little epiphany. <laughs> I hope so. Anyway, so the Prayer of Serenity, I, I am, I'm sure most of you know this. Uh, anyway, and B is 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 a mainstay of Alcoholics Anonymous, which I often think is a fantastic disciple making organisation. Um, but here it is, and the prayer of serenity goes like this: God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. Living one day at a time, enjoying one moment at a time accepting hardships as the pathway to peace, taking as he did this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make things right if I surrender to his will, so that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him for ever and ever in the next. Amen.